Welcome to the Sunday Morning Podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Worthing. Um, okay, so this morning, it's loud, isn't it? But I love it. You know, that, this, I'm, I'm really pleased that we're in this room because this will kind of emphasize something that I want to just pick up on over my 40 years of experience of being a Christian and praying, uh, sometimes thinking that I know something and then realizing I know actually nothing over 40 years. And there is only one teacher who can teach you uh, properly how to do this stuff. Um, I'm going to talk on personal prayer. So that's you and that's me. And um, I just want to start in Genesis verse 2, uh, uh, chapter 2, verse 8. And this will kind of set the tone as to what I believe God wants to say. And it, sa- it says there that the Lord planted, it probably won't come up, but it doesn't matter. Um, the Lord planted things in a garden. He planted trees, he planted uh, animals, but most of all he planted two people. And he put them there as his ideal uh, standard for relationship, what he wanted to show, how things were supposed to work out, how things were supposed to be modeled. So he put Adam and Eve, and during the course of that time, um, he used to kind of pop by in the cool of the night, in the evening, and commune with Adam and Eve. And he would walk through and they would sense his presence and he would, he, they would go after him and see. But then one time, he had to actually say, where are you? Where are you? In the cool of that night, God wanting to commune with his creation, with his, with uh, things that he loved, things that he blessed, things that he cared for. He wanted to commune with them, and he couldn't find them. They'd hidden. And in Isaiah 59, verse 2, it says, Your iniquities have separated you. So first of all, it started off really good. God had started off his perfect plan. There was a small issue in the garden which caused them to be banished. And they lost that right to commune with God. So they hid their faces from God. And straight after that, God hid his face from them. Now... Um, aren't you thankful that it doesn't stop there? I am so thankful that it didn't stop there. They were banished. We died in our iniquities. We all paid the price, and that was it. No, God said, right, fair enough. Okay, if that didn't work, let's try plan A again. Let's not try plan B. Let's try plan A again, because I knew this was going to happen. So... Jesus died, (laughs) thank you Jesus, for our sin, for our iniquities, for everyone's iniquities. He died on a cross, he paid that price. We all know that, or to to varying levels of degrees, we know that. And 
he restored what was lost. So now, um, in Galatians 4, verse 7, it now says that you are a son. So God has restored that, and Jesus restored that, what was lost. And he's called you a son. So he's restored everything that he could, and now he walks in and through us again. Um, God wants the original plan back. That's what he wanted. He wanted that relationship back. And he did everything he could in paying the ultimate price to get that relationship back. So you may say to yourself, or you may think to yourself, what has that got to do with my personal prayer life? And through my experience, without it, there is no prayer life. Without that, without Jesus, without him paying that price to restore my life and to open up those lines of communication again, there is no prayer life. There's no corporate prayer life. There is no any prayer life. There's no personal prayer life. I will not know God. So that, to me, is the basis of every personal prayer, where it comes from. And understanding this, if you don't see how important that is, then you will think that your performance and not your position gets you to God. Did we nail that one on the head there? <laughs> because I've done this all through my 40 years of kind of trying to have a relationship with the Lord. One minute in, one minute out, feeling great here, feeling low there. It's all about being a son and being able to say, I'm not standing on what my day looks like today because I've been good not because I've decided to do something which I think was really good for the Lord or bless someone, and I'm feeling really great today. And I can come to you, Lord, and I can pray to you, and I can spend some time with you, and it feels really great. You know, yesterday, I was lousy. I felt awful. But today, I feel good, so now I can praise you and worship you and come. No, it's got nothing at all to do with any circumstance, any, anything that's happening in your life right now has, it, I'm not, well, I could put it one way, but it, it has no relevance because God says it doesn't as far as your position in Christ. You're a son and you have full access. Um, I don't want to go on too far. <laughs> So these are some of the things I've kind of been learning over the, you know. So God said, I will never leave you or forsake you. I believe these are so important because we need to see these in the sense of, okay, you know, um, when, we, when we sense in prayer that we, we are distant from the Lord or there's something in the or we don't quite feel that it's right, right, right. Jesus and God says, I'll never leave you or forsake you. I'm right there. Now, if God says that, and we feel distant, what has happened? 
Because as far as I, I can see, for me, and he has to keep saying it to me, he has, he, so yeah, let's do a bit harder. He, um, he has to keep saying it to me, Adam, where are you? Richard, where are you? Because God's saying, I haven't moved anywhere. If you've mo you're walking over here, I'm over here. If you're over there, I'm over there. So I'm not leaving you or forsaking you. I'm not going anywhere. But where have you gone? And that is here and there. And that is where the performance is. That we think that because we don't feel like God's around me today, that he must be distant somewhere. He must be off on, on something. But no, God hasn't moved anywhere. God is right in front of us. God is right there with us. Which gives us confidence. So the two things that the Lord kind of gave me over the years, which I have tried to practice, tried to get in, tried to do, I'm not saying I've been successful in any of it, um, but I'm still trying. <laughs> I'm still going for it. And I'm still saying it's my position, not my performance. <laughs> There's two words, and one is cultivate. Um, cultivate is to prepare the ground. It is to nurture, tend, and care for. And like farmers, farmers have a piece of land and they tend it, they care for it, they look after it. Um, they spend time on it. Now, wouldn't it be great? I mean, Janet will know this. She knows what green fingers are. She'll be doing, taking cuttings, doing stuff, stuff. Wouldn't it be fantastic if you, you put a seed in the ground today and tomorrow you had a tree? That, that would be amazing. It would be fantastic. Um, but one of the things that cultivation is, and farmers will tell you this, you plant it today and then you prepare the ground in the sense of watering it or you need to do, you might need to put a bit of fertilizer on it. You might need to, um, organic fertilizer, of course. But you might need to... Um, you might need to go out and pluck out a few weeds. You might need to cut back the hedges to make sure it gets the proper thing it needs. You need to tend it, and tending takes time. A farmer will tell you it, nothing, it, doesn't, it just doesn't appear tomorrow. Um, the only thing that keeps appearing tomorrow is, is Andrew's lawn. It keeps growing. It keeps telling me. Um, so it takes time. It takes effort and it takes a determination sometimes to see that I need to be able to plant this now and patience to see it coming into fruition over the next few weeks whenever it comes to harvest. Sometimes it might get um, rained on a bit too hard and it gets beaten up a bit. But the farmer is not going to just go, oh, well, that's okay, we'll leave that, fine, you know, there's no crop next year, so... <laughs> He's going to make sure he does everything he can to look after those seed and to nurture them and make sure they're prepared, ready to grow into that. Because the seed has, is, is perfect in its own way and will grow into that. Given the right environment, it will grow into. So cultivation is a big thing. That we understand that nothing is a quick fix. You don't just expect it to just bang and it's that's it. Not in prayer, particularly. God can do things like that. We know he can. 
God wants, like this setting here, which is more um, closer together. We are closer than we've been. Um, and therefore, things rub off. Things are, things are good for us. Um, the second word is intimacy. Now, I've... I've I've, uh, well, is it a craving? Is it a desire? Is it a passion? But it's something that I've always seen that I need to go after. Because without it, I will sit back and do nothing, in a sense. As a, 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 so I need, I need to understand what intimacy is. Because God craves intimacy with us. And he wants that intimacy. Now, intimacy. Intimacy in the world brings out a whole different connotation from what biblical intimacy is about. Um, but intimacy, in a sense, is a, in a relationship, is being close. It's giving of yourself. Full, and this, I like this one, full attention. Looking into each other's eyes, sometimes with no words spoken, listening intently. Now, they don't kind of, to me, sum up in intimacy enough, but it's, it's there. It's a, it's a fragrance of what intimacy is. Intimacy is um, just practically, I can be at work and I can be talking to somebody, we're not necessarily talking about intimacy, but we, we talk to somebody. And because there's levels of intimacy, but they, and I know for a fact that as I'm talking to them, they're not with me in the room. They are either thinking about something else, somewhere else. They've either got their hand in their pocket on their phone, waiting for it to bleep, because they're, they're actually more interested in a person who's on here than they are about me. And most of the time, I can tell straight away. And I've done it a few times. And, you know, you start talking to somebody, and they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're over your shoulder. And, and someone once said to me, if you want to know if somebody's interested in you, look where their feet are pointing. And they're normally like, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And their feet are over there. Um, and their phone is in their hand. And they're like, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah I understand. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Yeah, I'm with you. Don't you worry. Yes. Um, that, that, for me, is, is not a level of relationship, and it's not a level of you know, them kind of being with you. They're not even there in the room. They're not even kind of... So that can relate into our prayer life, personal prayer life. For me, anyway, distractions, things that can crop up, places that we... we we're at or wherever we pray. Um, God can give us peace wherever we pray. We can be standing in the middle of a football field with the crowd going, and we can still be at peace, but there still needs to be full attention, and there still needs to be that closeness and that sense of, like, I position myself on purpose to, to be there. Um, and also listening is a massive thing. Um, God requires us when he's close. He wants us to listen. It's not just God's not asking us to come with a shopping list full of stuff. That we could, because, I mean, to be honest, I mean, 
you know, God's clever enough. He, he, he knows what, he knows it already, doesn't he? He knows what we're about. He knows who we are. He knows us inside out. And when we come to him, the shopping list is really irrelevant. It's just kind of, I just want you, he said. To be honest, I just want you to be next, next to me. I just want you to be close to me. And I just felt it's like skin on skin. It's like God wants to touch you. He doesn't want to touch you through 50 layers of clothing. He, he literally wants to get hold of you and touch you and be intimate with you. Um, so let's just have another look over here. See what else we got. So intimacy is being connected emotionally, mentally, spiritually, and physically. In other words, all of it. It's all of you. All of the attributes that God has put in us and given us, because he doesn't take away our feelings. He doesn't take away our emotions. He doesn't take them. I wish, sometimes I wish he would, but he doesn't. He uses them as drivers to, to get us to look towards him because it's all about him. It's all about him wanting to spend time with us. So he's drawing us continuously to him. And it's the, it's the whole man that he's after. He's after all of you. And that's why it was so important when God looked at, at the, um, into Eden and, and thought, I, don't, I, can't, I, can't, no, I can't let my people just walk around. I want, I want to know them so well. I want to know them inside and out. Um, and he's not prepared to let you do that either. He wants to know you so badly. Yeah. And sometimes listening is part of that. Just sitting at his feet and listening to what is, it is, mo is the most intimate thing to do. Yeah. There are different aspects of that. Um, and we can't take any one of those four emotional, um, mental, physical spiritual we we can't take any of those out of the equation either take any out and we're not giving it's not the full person who we are so what does intimacy do intimacy is when you when you practically position yourself towards god intimacy opens up god's heart to you it opens him up to touch you It opens up areas in your life. His will flows through you. Um, there's lots of other things that I can say, but I just wrote down a couple. Um, it, it allows him to press into us and rub, things rub off on us and we get to know his heart. You know, when his heart's beating next to ours, we get to know his will and what he wants to say and what to do in certain situations because it's a personal thing. He loves you so much and he wants to tell you things. He wants to show you things. He wants to be there with you and do them together. <laughs> it's, he's not saying, oh, okay, do this and off you go because he wants you close. So what does cultivating intimacy look like? What does it look like? Well, to spend time preparing the ground and to make yourself vulnerable. 
vulnerability to realize that when you're coming close to the Father, you can tell him anything. He is trustworthy. There may be things that you know you wouldn't want to say to someone or things that you wouldn't want uh, to happen, but you can tell God. God wants to know. He already knows, but he wants you to tell him. And that brings freedom in you. It brings a freedom and a peace, being open, being open with your feelings. Come on, man. We've all been there, haven't we? We are the, you know, we don't have to cry. We don't have to get vulnerable. We don't have to be open. We don't have to spend our time on our knees sobbing. I've done a lot of that over my life. And I'll tell you why I wouldn't be here now if it wasn't for that. I w- wouldn't be. Um, it's, a, it's a path that you go down on some of the issues. But most of the time, it's me that's gone down the path. And all it is is the weeping and the, uh, and the travailing and the, and the issue is that I now need to kind of do a little bit of a re-step up the cul-de-sac back to the Lord to say, yeah, I got that wrong. Um, but he doesn't bother about that he's like okay fine fair enough let's start again then let's go let's go and off and we do it again so we're cultivating that intimacy we can let we can tell him our feelings we can say oh, we're having a rubbish day we're having a great day so and for me as a man intimacy i relate intimacy quite personally to a hug I, I can, I've seen what it does for me and I've seen what it does for others when I receive a hug from someone how powerful the hug can be when it's kind of like you know that's what you need. Um, a hug, it breaks down things. It opens up things, doesn't it? I'm not saying we all go around hugging people and going, yeah, praise the Lord, hallelujah, give us a hug. But what I'm saying is, on a personal level, like, like the intimacy in prayer is like wrapping your arms and God is wrapping his arms around you. So in the physical, I could give Jonathan and Andrew and whoever and, and Terry and, and Kai a hug. And to me, that is the, it's, a, it's, it's an intentional embrace that God wants to get you in. And things happen when you, when you do that. So I, 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 like, I like that. I like what God does with that. So how do we do this? <laughs> Although I might get a little bit practical. Um, well, the Lord showed me over the years, very simply, that a hula hoop, you see how simple it gets. If you have a hula hoop, if you roll it and you let it go, after a while, it will wobble along, and then it will fall. Now, God says, roll the hula hoop. It gets, this is how deep it gets. Roll the hula hoop, follow it, and then roll it again. And then follow it, and then roll it again, and then roll again, and keep it rolling, and keep it rolling, and there you go. It keeps rolling. And one of the things I've learned is momentum is better 
than letting it stop and fall on the floor. It's easier. You don't have to get down on the floor and pick it back up again. You don't have to try and stop it from there. Follow it and keep going with it. Moving forward. Um, we, we, we went into to, uh, Asda yesterday. I've got to say this story. It's unbelievable. We went into Asda yesterday and we were at the counter just buying a few things. And this, this how old do you think he was? 12? This 12, Charlie. 12 year old, he'd had a tumor on the brain and he was talking to us and he was actually, we, we, because he'd gone so far up the, the conveyor, we put ours here and there was a big gap and he came down to the bottom of the conveyor and he picked our stuff up and started putting it in front of where his divider was. And he said, can I, can I, can I take that loaf of bread? And he took it and he put it up there and he took it and he put it up there and then he put him up and then he moved the thing up and we started chatting. Funnily enough, we started chatting about breakfast, but we won't go there. Um, but he, he was, he, he started doing this and he didn't, he just started chatting with Sharon. And then she said to him, you've had it a bit rough, haven't you? And he said, yeah. He said, I've had operations and I've had so-and-so. It's benign, but it's, been in, the, it's in his head. Um, and he was the most wonderful lad I've come across for a long time. Um, and she said to him, but, you know, you've gone through some things. And he went, yeah, but you've just got to keep pushing through. I could cry. You've just got to keep pushing through. Keep rolling that hula hoop. That's what's it. Just keep pushing through. Just keep moving forward. Momentum. Momentum. Keep moving forward. And he showed me something yesterday from a 12-year-old lad. First I saw kindness to me. And then he just taught me a lesson right in front of my face. Smashed me with a wet kipper right across my face. The Lord was saying... Yeah, you see? Yeah. Call yourself, call yourself 59 years old. Yeah, yeah. Think you've learned some lessons in life. This, this lad's learned some lessons. He knows what it's all about. He knows how you need to be pressing on and moving forward and keep going. And he's got all his life to live. So momentum is important. And I've, I don't know why you noticed my plaster. It's good, isn't it? But this plaster is here for a reason, to be honest. This plaster is here for a reason, because I put it there so that when I wake up in the morning, it reminds me to pray. Now, that's going to sound daft, and it is, to be honest, because I'm only proving the point. It does remind me to pray, because when I'm doing stuff, every time I'm at work or wherever I am, when I've, when I've got the plaster on here, I, um, I look at it and I go, like, oh, Lord, yeah, thank you, Lord, because it reminds me. But you know what? I don't need a plaster on my finger. All I need is the Holy Spirit inside of me. Because he's the one that does that. He's the one that's got the plaster on my finger. He's the one that reminds me I need to be close to the Lord. He's the one that draws me to the Lord. He's the one that says, I am the Holy Spirit. You follow me, look at me, and then I point you to Jesus, and then Jesus points me to God. And I, he says, come on, you praise him, you praise me, you praise Jesus, you praise God. Come on. And, and, and he, constantly he's showing that, a reminder that Holy Spirit is the prompter. It's that voice, isn't it, speaking, saying, you could spend some time with me today. Come on, come and just have a little bit more time with me today because I want you to, I want you to. And the Holy Spirit says, come on, and then he goes, go on, go on. It's almost like a tag team, isn't it, where, they, where, where the Holy Spirit's going, I really, I really want you to pray today. 
but you've, you're, you don't seem to be finding much time in your day for this. So I'm going to kind of draw you along and then I'll pass you on to Jesus. And Jesus says, right, come on. I've got good things for you today. I want you to move him forward in me. And this is this personal prayer time. He's taking you forward. And he's saying, right, now this is where we're at because you're now pointing towards God. And that's where all the praise and glory goes. So he is the one that prompts us. He's the one that draws us. Um, and I'm going to finish there because I think Caroline needs to um, add. Caroline's got something to, more to add to this. There's, there's more to this. There's, you, could, you could live another 5,000 years and still not get. Thank you, Richard. Amazing. Thank you very much. Thank you. Um, I just wanted to share very quickly to share you um, my heart for prayer and how much I enjoy it so much. Um, it's it's such a great pr uh, pleasure to pray. And I would say my prayer life developed um, during the pandemic because we had to be at home and we could only you know listen online. So I th so it was so much you know more important to be able to pray. And I used to get up really really early in the morning pull back the curtains it used to be pitch black and just pray out pray out and we I remember praying we used to pray um psalm 91 um for our protection god's refuge and strength and i used to just pray that out all the time and then um each day it would just become more and more enjoyable and the lord would speak to me and so um this this love of prayer has has just grown grown since there then um and i just love to richard was saying uh, seated at the feet of Jesus uh, is where you listen. You know you listen, but I just love to be with Jesus. Um, it's just such a peaceful time, a joyful time, a, a place of safety and security, and you can just just let your heart go. You know, I remember just a couple of weeks ago, just just the Lord just said to me, um, "Give me your heart, share your heart with me," and and that's kind of, that's who Jesus is. He wants to be with us, and He's just waiting for us. And, and that's, and I think it's being faithful in prayer, not not a chore, not like, oh, better better pray today, better think about it. No, 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 no. Just enjoy it. Come to the Lord and just give Him the time. You know, even if you're feeling tired, even if you're you haven't got the time. You know, we all lead busy lives, different lives. Some of us have more time. Some of us can only pray just a little bit. But it's just so important. Just that those just few, a few moments. Just even if it's 10 minutes but it's it's powerful because it's that's what it's on God's heart you know to to walk with him to listen to him um to kneel down before him to to uh pray through the word um and I just thought I'd share with you how I started to um begin my morning prayer to to have a focus or or just a, just um a starting point and I have oh, show you this book sorry <laughs> This little book, um, The First Minute, uh, by Colin Urquhart, that was uh, published in 2020, so that was around, um, Jonathan would know, is that the pandemic time, wasn't it? Just before that, yeah. Um, and there's a beautiful prayer at the back of the book, um, so the first minute of prayer. So if, if I read this to you, then, I'll, then you'll understand. So, um, Heavenly Father... I come before you now in the precious name of Jesus and I thank you for your forgiveness of all my sins. 
Now, to, now to me, that's one of the most important things um, because during the night I might wake up and I might feel a bit panicky or I might think if it's been several hours, I might start to feeling a bit negative about things and then it just gets worse and worse. So in the morning, I've got to put that right with the Lord. I'm sorry that I was fearful. I'm sorry that I had a panic attack. And I just can't start my day without repenting um, and because I just feel undressed. It doesn't feel right. I want to be right with God right from the start. I thank you for your mercy and I give myself afresh to you in spirit, soul and body. So you're surrendering your whole self, your spirit, your whole self, your mind, your emotions and your body. And I desire to live to please you by fulfilling your will for me through the enabling of your Holy Spirit. And that, that's a one, you know, that God desires that. He wants to, to fulfill your will, you know, through, through, through us. But he can't if we're holding on to a lot of, you know, hurt or um, you're not feeling right. Because God knows, but he just wants you to, to give it to him and he, and he will take it. And I cast all my cares upon you. So I'll, I'll cast out, you know, oh, this day, the, the coming week, or if I'm, I have cares, you know, for someone else, I give that to the Lord. So I'm starting afresh by God's grace, by God's mercy. Thank you that through your wonderful mercy and amazing grace, I stand before you completely forgiven and made blameless in your sight. In your love for me and through the precious blood of Jesus, you have made me righteous, totally acceptable before you. Thank you that you have made me holy and perfect forever with the perfection of Jesus. That I'm clothed with Christ and I am able to live at peace with you, at one with you for your glory. I praise and thank you with all my heart for your wonderful love, mercy and grace. And, and through these words, I, I then praise God. I thank God. I can, and then it really starts to resonate with me. Thank you, Lord, for your precious blood, the power of your blood. And, and the Lord will lead me in prayer um, through, through these words. And then um, and, and the wonderful thing is it's, it's living at peace with the Lord for his glory. Everything is for his glory and a desire to do his will. And then from there, it's just, um, it's just that relationship through the day. And it might only just be um, just, just for a little while I spend with the Lord, but then I'll pray later on. But it's just that, con that connection with him, that relationship and the desire just, just to talk with him and... and just to just to be with him during every every situation, and um, and the Lord is just answering, you know, so many prayers. And, and I think that the dream for me really is to for the Lord to develop my uh, when I pray um, prophetically. I would love to do that because I just want to be able to be uh, um, an instrument for Him to to release through prayer. Because prayer is such a lovely thing, but if, I've got to learn to let go of like the fear. I think that's what it is. Just letting go and letting the Lord speak through 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 me, really. But for others, not for myself. It's you know, it's for others, for the church, um, 
and just in these times, I think it's just so important to be, yeah, to be one with him. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources from Kingdom Faith and our other audio and video podcasts, please visit www.kingdomfaith.com.